It's a uh, tremendous nachas to be back. I apologize, I skipped a couple last year uh, due to uh, conflict in uh, speaking engagements. But uh, after wherever I was, uh, was concluded, I missed uh, being here, so I'm happy to be back and uh, look forward to, um, thank you, the comments and the questions after the shear. again to uh, Mordechai. Uh, we uh, start discussing the title usually. Uh, Press the mic. Which one's the mic? This one? That's up to your... Uh, <laughs> usually it gets louder as we go along. Um, when Mordechai and I decide to begin to discuss the title, so um, we want something in Lashon HaKadosh, you want something in English, so you'll notice the title, Ayeka, uh, the commitment, the excitement, the fervor, where we eight weeks after Yom Naran. And uh, I think this topic is very apropos because, as we know, Ma'cheshven is called Ma'cheshven because we feel they know Yom Tevim and uh, it's bitter. We feel a little bit lost in Ruchnius after the high of the Yom Naran. And truth be told, I think that we need, myself included, a reality check of where we are a couple of months after the Kabbalists that we all took upon ourselves during the Yom Narayim. Is this uh, ring bothering anybody? What? Is it clear? And there are many people that Stand during the Elo, making all sorts of Kabbalists and Avtochis and Shvuas on what they will or will not do, and without the bi-monthly checkup, it's not shy to know what we're holding. So, we'll speak about some of the Inyanim that I'm going to assume we were Makabal in the various areas and for the purposes of Chizik, for myself and hopefully anybody listening, it will be us to take a second look at what those Kabbalists were and whether or not we're fulfilling them. 
when you leave a Mokham Kaddish or a Zman of Kedusha, the trick is to try to figure out and have some mnemonic devices and have some triggers that appear throughout the year that put us back in that mode of Kedusha. Uh, the godless of Yaakov was that at the end of this week's Parsha, He's now leaving the Makara Kedusha, he's leaving home, he's leaving his father's home, the home of Yitzhak Avinu. He's leaving Eretz Yisrael. And he's going to a place that's uh, extremely, extremely negative in terms of the vibes of Tuma, thank you, in terms of the lack of Kedusha, Lovan, and Chutzlarts. And Yaakov is proving to us that you can do a Vayetze, you can leave, you can have to run, and still maintain the Madrega. And if you think Yaakov didn't do it without Hachana, he did it without the proper awareness that he's going to a Mokom with his Kedusha lacks, and for us, we're going to his man of the Year, we don't feel the same inspiration. I was just in Eitzisrael last week, two days ago, and um, never ceases to amaze me that every single ride in a taxi is a separate drosha. I get all my material from each from trip to trip. I figured, I, I remember I have to speak at Hakel, so I quickly flew, flew to Israel to get some material, and I came back. And um, sure enough, the first monita um, I step into, so I, ABCs of, of Kirov, see somebody who's driving a cab, and you hope and pray you got into an Israeli cab. So you assume he's Jewish, and he's not wearing a yarmulke. So the first thing you got to do is uh, strike up a conversation, just to show, show him that from people that, that Haredim are nice and friendly and, uh, and engaging. So uh, I asked him a simple question. Where were you born? A question like that should give a simple one-word answer. I'm not nice to throw Baruch Hashem, I say that in a positive way. With a big grin in his face, he starts turning around and talking to me with his head facing as he's driving. So he's, so he's an interesting... Uh, he was so excited that I asked him, so he turns around and he says, No, ladati b'yushalayim, habrit b'ilahaya b'yushalayim, lamadati b'yeshiva b'yushalayim, halachti l'tzava b'yushalayim, that was my one word answer. What a Musashmus. I found out because the guy's uh, at least Masarati, if not Shamer uh, Shabbos. And his pride and joy, and the answer went on and on. That was just the preview. The next three, four uh, paragraphs are also about Kedushas Yushalayim, and he picked his cab company, he doesn't really even go to Ben-Gurion Airport, he just drives people around Yushalayim, and he never leaves. What's he saying? He's saying that this push of the year, perhaps not so push, I never know when the cab driver is a Leon, no, he's not a Leon, I don't know who I'm talking to. So... Um, basically, in a few words, he's telling me that uh, if you want to remain attached you got to stay where the Kedusha is. And you got to be proud of the fact that you understand what Kedusha is and you're in a Mokham Kedush. So, 
Good news is, we're in Flappish, but we're in a Malkam Kaddish. All the Bata uh, Knesset and all the uh, base Medrashes will fly to Israel, will be rebuilt in Israel. We'll have a chat in the Medrashes. And if you make the Malkam Kaddish your home, the base Medrash, the base Knesset, if you make this your home, you can retain that feeling of Kedusha and keep yourself in the Malkam Kaddish. Ki'ilu, you're holding Kemat Banilu. So that's the first you said of the first cab driver, is if you want to understand Kedusha, number one, you have to recognize it, number two, you have to be happy about it, you have to be proud of it, and you have to want to hang on. So that means for us uh, people stranded here in Chutzlards, you've got to find yourself in the right place all the time. That means the best medrash, the shul, and the office, you've got to take your office and make it into a best medrash. Not to steal from the boss, but every moment you have, you've got to take it to learn. You've got to understand that if you're a from person making a kid Hashem in the shul, you have to be doing the same in the office, not two different people. I had a conversation with somebody just yesterday in America, and uh, he told me that he's a little bit nervous because uh, he's finding, a young fellow now in the workplace, he's finding that he's one person in the morning by the family in Shacharis and a slightly different person in the office from 7 o'clock in the morning to 10 o'clock. So if you're noticing that uh, that sort of double existence is happening to you, then uh, this is what the reality check is all about. Bringing the Kedusha from the shul to the office and having everybody around you understand that you're a walking safer terror, whether you've been through shots or not. So somebody asked me, how do I tell that I'm succeeding? So I said, here's one simple litmus test. If you walk into the office... And as soon as you walk in, people stop talking when it's a conversation that's off-color, which is like every conversation. So then you know that they're looking at you as a from person and that they're a little uncomfortable discussing these things in front of you. If they use their foul language and they don't excuse themselves by saying, oh, I'm sorry, excuse my French, they don't French for it, they don't look at you and just, the conversation just flows then you're not representing the icon of what a Benter is supposed to be. And if you're not objecting or you're not putting on a sour face, you're just smiling and going along with the conversation, and something is wrong with this picture. Not only have you not taken Yom Kippur into the rest of the year, you didn't take Shacharis into the day either. So that's the first, uh, first litmus test. What are they willing to say and do in front of you? The next uh, morning, my next uh, taxi driver... Um, as soon as I got in the cab, I sat down, he asked me where I was going, I told him, he turns around, looks at me, and reaches for his pocket and puts on his yarmulke. Okay. I don't know how he figured out I was Jewish. Uh, but uh, but uh, that's, uh, that's good. If you're footing, this is, uh, that's just to put pressure on people, but subtle pressure that uh, this is who I am, this is what I represent, and um, maybe you'd like to join us, or maybe you feel you should be joining us, and you feel a little silly that you're not wearing a yarmulke for no good reason. He just wasn't wearing any had a yarmulke in his pocket, and he decided to put it on. Okay, so I thought that he wasn't from, and he's putting on a show, so I'm in for surprise number two. Five minutes into the ride, as I'm looking for, I was driving from Yishalayim to Echovot, as I'm looking for a break to, so I can say to I'm not exactly sure where the city ends, or Telstam, if I say, I don't know exactly where to say it, so I'm looking, looking, and he turns around and he says, uh, Adonai, did you say Tzvila Saderach yet? <laughs> I kid you not. 
So I said, actually, I just I wasn't sure when. He said, three minutes ago. Say it now. <laughs> so, uh, so I said, you want me to be both of you? He said, no, I said it already. <laughs> so, um, again, the guy wasn't even wearing a yarmulke when I came into the, uh, to the cab, but here's another example. He was like slightly annoyed at me why it didn't say Tvila Sederach right away. And, um, okay, it wasn't really my fault. I wasn't sure whether it was Chal yet. But again, when you walk around with a yarmulke and with a hat and with a beard, even without a beard, you have an achayas. And Myra Sayan or Yisin Rikiyim is such that even if you didn't do anything wrong, I did nothing wrong, I was trying to keep the din and not say to the Zedek too early. Even if you did Mamish, nothing wrong. If there's any way somebody can misconstrue what you're saying or what you're doing, you have to try to anticipate and provide what he's thinking, what his kasha might be, because I might not say anything and walk away with a sour impression. That's step number two, is that understanding our Kabbalahs are not only for us, our Kabbalists are to help others as well, and whatever we're trying to reach in terms of our own madrigas, we should be helping others as well. Let's go back to the basics with the Yetzirah, because um, if you interview anybody, it would be interesting, just take an exit poll, no one's done this, I think it would be Kedai, take an exit poll, Matziyam Kippur, as people are leaving the Ilan Meru. So the first comment you'd probably get if you put your mic in their face is, can you please get out of my way, I'm hungry. But after that, if they eat something and you ask them while the machshavas are still floating around in their heads, what were your kabbalas? A lot of this is very private, but if, you, if you'd ask somebody, what were the kabbalas and um, what do you think is going to happen next time you meet the Yetzirah? So Bani'ila were already flying. He's, oh, Yitzhar, he's mamish, uh, he's, he's a dead man, no shaykhs whatsoever. I'm never going to go back there, never doing that again. Rightfully so, we just went to a Yom Kippur. So again, fast forward eight weeks, and look back at the last couple of months. Has the Yitzhar appeared again? In what form? And uh, was he successful? So if you remember, the Gemara in Sukkot, says that the Yitzhar has seven names. Before we even get to what the names are, the lesson over here is that Yitzhahara wasn't born yesterday. It's as smart as you, if not smarter. And if you made very shtaka kabbalos, Yitzhahara is not necessarily going to come back in that exact form. They're going to go slightly incognito and then come through the side door. And then all of a sudden you fell in, you couldn't understand. Two weeks, three weeks, five weeks after Yom Kippur, how did this happen? So the Gemara says one of the names of the Yitzhahara was Tzafaini, or Itzafaini. Safani Lashen Tzafun, hidden, which means the Yetzirah has the ability to cloak itself and go underground and then rear its ugly head in the most unnatural, unsuspecting circumstances and throws us right off because they don't know what this Yetzirah looks like in this form until it's too late. The good news is, if that has happened to you since Yom Kippur, the Gemara is letting you know the Yetzirah has many forms to understand that it's Shaykh, you might fall in and not realize you're dealing with the Yetzirah until afterwards. What's your reaction? So, Vitzela Petterberger, it's a glauser, uses this Gemara to warn us, but then he tells us a slight Nechama, I'll read to you his Lashen. Haklalhu asher adam im if the Yetzirah does disguise himself or herself, and 
a female by a female, a male by a male, not a suffix who the, who the Sutton is. And you fall in. So the cloud to remember as soon as you fall in is Lo Yarech Levovoi. Do not lose heart. Raki Amar Yokum Veyelech Lavadosoi. Quickly get up, brush yourself off, and continue doing your Avedas Hashem. It's a very important tool for the rest of the year. The Yetzirah has two weapons. One is to get you to be Nefshul in the Avera, and then afterwards to get you depressed about it. The second weapon is much more powerful than the first. The first is just the conduit to the second. The first one, you do an Avera, okay, some particular law, the Avera was done. The depression and the Yish can lead to skipping minions, skipping storms, skipping shiurim, saying, I'm not cut out for this, and then give up and throw in the towel. That's the main weapon of the Eitz Herb. So Yitzhak Blazer warns the Chazal tell us that you have to get up right away, go back to the Avodah, write it down quickly, and then when things are calmer and you're back on track, a day later or two days later, the next tefillah, whatever it is, then you'll go back and you'll put it to Slach Lanu, and you'll make Kabbalahs, and you'll figure out why you didn't recognize the Yitzhak, and you'll figure out how to beat it next time. Not right away, because the first thing he wants you to do is give up. And he quotes the famous Pasuk of Mishlei, Sheva Yipol, Tzadik Vakum. Why seven? He says seven is based on this Gemara and Sukkah. The Yitzhak has seven names. So the Tzadik might fall prey to the Yitzhak in the various forms that the Yitzhak takes. And the key is, Yes, Yipol, but the main word is come. Rashi, Lokid, Bera. Russia, Ra is the first name of the Yitzhahara. As soon as the Russia hits the first Mishal, he's out of here, and he gives up because he doesn't really want to try. So as a Benin to Tzadikim, which is everybody in the room, the tool you need is to understand what the Yitzhahara is really aiming at, and that is the day after, the hour after, to make you feel like you're a nobody. And then it'll get you to do Kol Ta'eva Shabbat and certainly give up on your primary Abedis Hashem. Chaim Velashener gives another Eitzah. And again, this particular time of year, I think this is crucial, because uh, people are on the high through Sukkot, through Sukkot maybe a week or two afterwards. And many people who regularly discuss their Abedis Hashem with me, which is uh, very of to see, tell me that this time of year they feel like they're struggling and they feel like whatever Madrega they reached is uh, slipping away. So B'chaim V'Lashon says, I'll read to you with Lashon, it's in Ruach Chaim and Ovis, Parik Beis. Ha'adam hu tamid ayilavayerid. Everybody has ups and downs. First you say, similar to Yitzhak Blazers, you're going to have a mitchell, you're going to trip up, you're going to fall in. It's going to happen. There are ups and downs. Be'es yiridasai, at the time that a person is down, nidbalai, ki koma sha'isa achshav min ha'teira min ha'vede ena klav alev shalim. When you're down, even if you weren't nishal and avera per se, but you feel your davening is not the davening you promised it would be in Yom Kippur, and the learning is not the same, the asmod is not the same, and you're not where you thought you'd be a month or two after Yom Kippur. And it's not going, in he says, you just want to go to sleep. It's a kind of lesson talking. You're just going to sleep late, you're not going to make minion, you'll miss minion. You won't go to the shir, you'll go late. What are you waiting for? So listen to this asa sayetzer. You're not giving up. You know your Azaras. Right now you're having a bad kufa. So the common incorrect reaction is, no, I'm in a slump. Let's call it that. So I'll just sleep it off, take off a few days, a good time to go to Miami. 
and uh, everybody will come out of their slump sooner or later. And when I come out of it, I'll get back to my old self, I'll be a Zerus, I'll come to Minyan on time, I'll come to Seder on time, I'll learn more, I'll shtag, everything about it, but until then, it's not going, so I might as well just take off. Lachar is not a bad Svarah, Chaim Velazhin is going to hold that it's dead wrong, but Lachar is not a bad Svarah, Svarah Chitzayin, it would dictate, I'm in a slump, so uh, i got to wait, Ad Yavar Azam, Lahavdil Aleph Avdolus, what does a uh, batter do? What does a baseball player do when they're in a slump? Do they use this far and say, well, obviously it's not going, it's not my luckies, lucky weeks, I'll just take off like six weeks, and then when I come back, I'm going to hit home run after home run. They change the bat. They, change the bat. they do? <laughs> That's not going to do anything. <laughs> uh, they change the bat. Okay, you can change Masechus. You can change, change the derm is a good idea, by the way. You want Heschachos and davening? go out treat yourself to a $12 new sitter. And uh, switch from a sitter or a grot. Don't switch from Ashkenaz as far to vice versa. But, uh, but get yourself, whatever you have to daven, get yourself a new sitter, get yourself a new mesechta, sometimes get yourself a new charusa. Don't tell him I said that. Get yourself a new shear. You can have his chachas within Avaida, but you can't leave the Avaida for six weeks. And a batter knows that they can't leave the game for six weeks. If you leave the game for six weeks, you're not going to come back rusty, you're going to come back more rusty. So you got to keep swinging and swinging and swinging. You'll strike out, strike out. Sooner or later, you'll come out of it. So Chayv Eloshimah says, this Yisoyed, It's known that people have ups and downs, and when they're down, they feel that they'll just take off. He says, this is not MS. Listen to this secret. When you're in a slump, you feel like it's going to take some major move to get back to where you were. He says, not true. He says, the, the uptick, so to speak, if you just make some hishtadlis in the right direction, even if it's not a lot, just press it, you don't feel like learning at all right now, and you're still not ready for an hour shear, and you're not getting up for Davyambi, so you think it's all or nothing, so I'll wait two months till I get back into it. Chaim Elijah says, no, go sit and learn for five minutes. That'll give you the mesikas and the cheshek to learn another five minutes. This is such a crucial yesayah. Even if you do it, you're not really in the mood, you do it in a lazy way. It's better, better than not doing anything at all. The more you take off, the more you move away, and then it's even more difficult to get into it. So, here we're holding in the middle of, uh, to the end of Marcheshwin, if you feel that uh, something was lost, there's a disconnect between now and Yom Kippur and Yom Naraim. So, Chaim Velezhner's Eitzah is, push yourself for a few minutes to something you don't want to do. Coming a few minutes earlier to Davani, even if it's not on time. Push yourself to learn an extra five minutes, even though it's not the whole Seder. And that'll give you the Cheshek to throw yourself back into it. Second Yisoyed, this applies to uh, parents and their children, Chaverim, and to ourselves as well. There's a big Yisoyed, and Chaim Velazhina has this elsewhere in the Chazal Mitesh Shalolishma, Bolishma. Chaim Velazhina said that you can be in Shalolishma your whole life. Our job is to try to raise the content and percentage of Lishma as we grow older. But as Benanim, we always need a component of Shalolishma, which means you got to treat yourself. you got to treat yourself, and you got to bribe yourself. This is uh, a good formula for your children, 
Parents always ask me, how do I get uh, my son to learn? Uh, it's the same as how you get yourself to learn. And that is shaykhat, bribery. Bribery is the most wonderful tool. It's the only time it's usher to use shaykhat is by a dayan. It's only by a dayan, that's the gazerah sakasav over there. Everywhere else is not only mutter, but I hold a mitzvah gedolim. Which means that in simple marketing, the only way to attract people's attention, the only way to get people to perform is to offer reward programs. The airlines are all doing it. All the credit cards are doing it. It might sound simple and almost a little bit immature. I'm 50 years old, I'm 40 years old, I'm 60 years old, I need a reward program. The answer is yes. So Chai says, Shalom is something that might go your entire lifetime. People understand it when it comes to their children. I tell parents all the time, everybody has their price. That is what that price is. You might feel you can't afford it. Everybody has their price. So a child doesn't want to learn, so you offer food, candy, cash, air miles, whatever it is. You order, you have to offer something that will grab their attention. And you have to do the same thing for yourself. You can have a personal diary of certain milestones you reach in terms of coming up to Antominion and, and, and learning and, and chesed and all the other abedas we're working on. And what's crucial is to have a harusa partner who's checking your progress. Recently had somebody call me, a very fine Ben Terah. He's struggling with davening. People struggle with different things, and uh, it's so bad that uh, there are days he doesn't dive on the minion, there are days he doesn't dive on Bisman, there are days he finds himself putting on tefillin before Shkia, which is, uh, you would think is beyond the pale, not even on the radar. For most of us, Baruch Hashem, is not, but everybody has their struggles, and he's a good person. So I told him that uh, you have to get, uh, in terms of Rabbi Yechem and Zakai's Halavai Shiei Yiraz Basav Adam, you have to get a friend or a mentor to be able to check in with, to give a report every day, every week, how are you doing? And you're not going to want to come and say that I miss Minion or I miss Tvila, or I miss Van Tvila. It's going to be embarrassing. And if you don't have somebody it's embarrassing in front of, so find a Rebbe, find your role, find somebody who you have some busha in front of. A Chavusa Misusa is not only for learning a Blav Gemara. It's to have the ability to deal with somebody that he's checking in with you and you're checking in with him. That's crucial. The Kabbalah Yom Kippur will be forgotten within a few weeks, but if your friend reminds you, hey, didn't you say you were coming on time for Shabbos? Didn't you say we were learning an extra half hour? And if you have somebody who's there to mun you, then it's a mahalach that will take you way past Hanukkah. In line with that, Rav Dessler has a beautiful piece. I read part of this letter to his son, this past summer here in Flappish, for those of you who didn't hear it, for those of you who did, it's a beautiful piece. They published um, many, many hundreds of letters from Avdesla in a separate Sefer, two volume set. And you see where Avdesla was considered the master Machanach of his times. You see how he was Matapo with his own children. He writes a letter to his son. You want your son to grow up to be a Tamachacham, to be a Gadol Batayr, to be an El so how do you build them up? Again, the same way you'd want somebody else to build you up. I'll read to you as Lushen. First thing you have to let your child know, and your chaver, is what you expect of them, what you believe they can do. And in terms of their success, what's the most important thing in your eyes, in terms of their development, of where they can go with their kaitis? Desler writes his son, 
My whole desire in life, my whole shifa, is to find you happy. Now, any parent would say that, whether they're from, whether they're not from, whether they're Jewish or they're not Jewish. If you ask your child, what do you want your, every, every parent, what do you want your child to be? I want it to be happy. The question of life is, what makes you happy? What really makes you really happy? The only thing that makes you happy in life is Rufnius. Everything else will, like uh, eating salty fish, you'll just get thirstier and thirstier. I want to write to you some of my thoughts in Mutzar and Ashkafa. And I want to hear from you. I want your comments. I want to understand where you're holding. But know, my son, that the only thing that's really going to make you happy is Ruchniyas, and it's the only thing that's going to make me proud. He gets a letter back, and this is his response, of Dessel's response. I saw one thing from your letter. I see you're learning well and you're growing. Again, the message you keep driving home is, is you want to make your parents happy. You want to make your friends happy who are also growing people. You have to be a growing person yourself. The more maslif you are on Ruchnius, the happier you'll be, and the happier you'll make your parents. People who are constantly running after Gashmias, if you haven't figured it out yet, are by and large not very happy people. And the company they hold will be a group of people who aren't very happy. So if you want to associate with people who are growing, you want to pick your friends wisely, you want to train your children, you want to find the right people to hang around with, you have to send out a message that this is what you're looking for, that you understand the only thing that gives you simcha b'chayim is where you're holding in Ruchnius. He quotes the famous Medrash in Rus Rabbah, if Reuven coming up soon in the Parsha, Ilu Yada Reuven Shakash Baruch Kaisa Velav Yishm Reuven Vitzilam Biyadam. Had Reuven known that the Pasik would write that Reuven did or attempted to save Yosef, he did save him, sort of. Azayak Seifa Hayam Malicha Alabiv, he would have put him in his shoulders and brought him straight to Yaakovinu. So what does that mean? So he tells, Abdesla tells his son, Ilu Yadatat Kama. If you would know how much chiyas this gives us when we see how well you're doing, he said, as well as you're doing, if you would know how much simcha this gives me and your mother, you'd even do more. That's not a criticism. It's not a criticism of Reuven either. Reuven saved his life. He saved his life. Pasek saying, though, that even Reuven, one of the shiftei kah, if as he's doing the mitzvahs, he sees they're writing it up on the front page, he'll do it with more reasons. He's telling his son. He says, if you would know how much nachas this gives us, you'd even do pishnayim and pisholish. Which means that, but everybody assumes that they don't practice as much as they should, children need positive reinforcement all the time. Adults need positive reinforcement. And Ruven, the shiftei kah, needs positive reinforcement. Nobody is exempt. And here's the key again. It's not, I know friends don't like giving friends Musr. It's hard to give biting Musr. You lose your friends. Everybody wants to be popular. But what's your reaction when you have a good friend, not to get to the other over here, 
My good friend says, you know, it's a holiday weekend. Uh, I'm going to Atlantic City on, I don't want to say Matzah Shabbos, on Saturday night. And uh, all the guys are going, you want to come. So what do you say? What, what time? Okay, that's the first... Uh, <laughs> we have one, one honest guy in the crowd, okay. Uh, it's, well, I gotta go to the Novi Shir. Uh, so, this is, this is crucial because I, I, I said this a few times, Rabbanim can have a hashpah, but it's somewhat limited. Parents can have a hashpah, it's somewhat limited. Rabbanim Yeshiva can have a hashpah, it's somewhat limited. The greatest hashpah in your life, if we want to be honest, the greatest hashpah in your life are your friends. Some might say their spouse, but often if he says he's going out for the night and uh, first muster I gave a guy who told me about this, I said, you have three hours, you're not spending it with your wife? He looked at me like I had two heads. I said, what was so strange about that question? I, I, I know the guy I was talking to. He works very hard. He learns. He goes to Minion. He travels all over the world. I said, when's the last time you had three hours with your wife? So he said, when's the last time I had three hours with my friends? Bad answer. Very bad answer. It's not the topic of this schmooze. Okay? I hear the Ezenashim is acting up. So, uh, <laughs> uh, But I, I can't be masik. Somebody's going with his friends to a place no, no bentary should be found. And the excuse is he needs to relax, okay? So if you, I understand, you need a couple of hours, you're learning hard, you're working hard, it's a holiday weekend, and you want to go out. So who are you going out with? So you have extra time, maybe your children, maybe your spouse. So those that answer me, I did that already, last Thanksgiving. <laughs> so, so number one, so, so the guy, anybody is running off to do these strange with their friends, it's Tamakasha, like, uh, did you check with your wife yet? Even if the answer is, she's masking, one guy answered me, she sent me. <laughs> That's strange. She got a phone call later on in the day, don't worry. Um, the shyly is, how do you, uh, without giving heavy muster, like, what are you, out of your mind? What kind of bentire are you? Why do you go to places like this? I just pick Atlantic City. He wants to go to a movie, he wants to go here. Yeah, places where Benet Terror shouldn't be. Things Benet Terror shouldn't be doing. And I know all the terror, the one, one guy <laughs> told me, he had been to a shear mine like five years ago in Flappish about Asmachta Lakanya. And I asked him how he can go to a place like this. He reminded me, he says, wasn't the Moskana my shear that it's mutter, it's biyash lish, and you're, fighting, you're doing it against the house? And gave me, he gave my whole shear back. No. I said, uh, what does that have to do? I didn't tell you the gambling was also mutter. I wasn't talking about that. I was talking about the, who you're hanging around with and what your mahalacha chayim is. Where, where are you running? Who are you running with? So the answer is obvious. These are his friends. So the same peer pressure that can bring us up, bring us down. It's hard to tell somebody either open up your mouth and say something. And these are, I'm not talking about people who are bums. These are people that can really go either way. And these are people who have a good with that family the way. People go to a shear. So they don't find that the shear in the movie theater, the shear in the Atlantic City, the shear, whatever else they're going, is a stira. But they're holding enough to understand it. I'm with a minion, they're doing mitzvahs, they give stalker. These are people who are straddling the fence. So what's the purpose of a friend? who's actually talking to a Rav about it. The answer is, the Rav should be telling us what I say. Is that I can't, I can talk about this, Barabim, I can try to influence. At the end of the day, the biggest influence, if a friend gets up and says, hey, you talking? Is this what we're doing with our free time? This is what we do on a holiday vacation? This is what we're doing in ignoring our family? 
one fellow who they all look up to, he's one of the gang, he says something, that's already worth 25 Shabbat Shuvah You don't realize the power that you have. And people are afraid, you know, I might not be so popular, maybe they won't like me. I had a conversation with the Yid a week and a half ago. It was very uh, powerful. He's a guy who's not from at all. He introduced himself to me. He said um, he keeps Shabbos, but he's not Shemr Shabbos. He said, Zul Loshan. He keeps kosher, but he doesn't eat kosher. He gives me a whole long list. He's a conservative Jew who has his heart in the right place, who I believe will be from within the next couple of years. And uh, he tells me that he ate out with three or four of his friends in Manhattan a few weeks back. And um, he told me, these are all friends of his from the synagogue. And he gave him a heavy musashmuz. He's a, he's a very powerful person. He's one of the leaders of the community there. And uh, he told them over dinner that um, it's strange, but he hasn't seen them in synagogue Shabbos morning in a long time, like in 25 years. Um, and they said, well, um, we bring our kids there. Strange things. They drive their kids to, they want the kids to grow up somewhat Jewish. So he said, that's exactly what I'm talking about. I see your kids come in to shul, and I never see you follow them. And they say, yeah, you know, it's busy, and we have to take her to ballet, and I don't know what's going on, and, and i got to drop off the other one over here, but I, you see, I'm a good Jew, I bring them to the shul. He said, you mean to tell me you're at the door of the shul, and you don't walk in? So they say, the, the rabbi's sermon is very long. <laughs> the first excuse, and he turns to me, and he said, by the way, how long is davening in your shul? Interesting. So I started thinking, I said, uh, with the drosha, I don't know, two and a half hours? He said, it's unbelievable. I said, how long is yours? He says, it's always over three. I can't understand it. So I said, what are you doing for so long? So he said, well, I guess they figure that nobody really comes much, so once they have a sitting audience, they want to uh, grab them. Okay? It's Yesh uh, Lodun, you know, they're in, they're in the wrong shul, but at least they're coming. My point is, is that they're in the wrong place. And to say at least they're coming, they're hearing sometimes Kvira. But these are people, his friends, who won't step into the shul. Haven't in 25 years. And it's not even an Orthodox shul, but they won't step in. But to bring the kids. And of course, I asked them, what happened after your um, Mutzer, after you took them to task? And he told me that um, they're good friends of mine, they want to stay that way. And a couple of them started coming. So what no rabbi could have accomplished in 25 years of telling them to come. Now again, you'll say, was it a mitzvah or a beira now they're going to shul? Okay, it's a different shmooze. But Lamaisa, he's money. He's asking his friends, if you want your children to marry Jewish, you want to continue some sort of Judaism, you've got to be engaged on their level. Baruch Hashem over here, everybody's very engaged. That's a question of how much learning, how much davening, how much stalker. But if you want results, there has to be an, a pressure, if you're called. There has to be a friend who's interested in his friend's growth, who's interested to know, why weren't you here? Why weren't you on time? Whenever I speak about this, people get very uncomfortable. They say, Miani, Mani, Amata Mashkiach, Amata Rosh Hashiva, Amata's Rav. If you were his Rav or his Rosh Hashiva, you wouldn't be able to have the impact that you have. The Yitzhahara wants us to forget about the Kayach that we have with our Haver. And it's something that's very underutilized.
very, very fascinating. Medrash Rabot, it's uh, similar to Gemara and Tainus. I want to bring out a, uh, an interesting point in terms of our struggles. Everybody always looks around to see what their friends are doing and where their friends are holding, which, as I just mentioned, is good. It's a positive thing. To a point, people don't understand is that what's easy and simple for one person might be your sign in life, and you're looking at somebody else. I don't understand how he can give us such a free hand to have such a problem giving stuff to I just can't open my hand, and he gives very freely. He gets up very early and I can never get out of bed. Or he's learning more and I can't do it. Everybody's created with different nisanis and different kefas and nefesh. Often, the things we're not good at, adopt good things we're supposed to be working on. And the Medrashir quotes, Maisa b'rab shimim ben chalafta, Shabba er shabbat v'loh hayalom me'onlis parnes. So shimim ben chalafta was a hele gatana, learned a lot, had nothing to eat. It was so bad, came Arab Shabbos, he had nothing to bring home to his Rebbitzin. He went outside the city, Nidavin. Normally, don't ask for an ace, but he had no choice. A jewel dropped from heaven. He went and he changed it, got some cash, a penis, a Shabbos, and he's my finest the family, brought home chicken, fish. I sat down to a delicious Sudha Shabbos. His wife uh, was a bit perplexed because uh, she wasn't used to seeing anything but black pumpernickel. Amri Ishtam Echanelu. Where did you get this from? I wasn't accusing him of stealing, obviously. I want to know where did you get this from? Unfortunately, uh, once in a while today, you got to ask the question. That wasn't a Shiloh over there. Um, I don't want to start uh, too much trouble in the Ezra's notion, but uh, if you don't know your husband to be of a tremendous man of means, and all of a sudden he's uh, flying you all over the world, you might want to ask which jewel dropped in Hashemayim, just to find out what's going on. Just a parenthetical comment. Hashem sent it, nothing to worry about, the gift in Hashemayim. If you don't tell me the exact story, I really don't have the cheshek to eat. She was cheshek, this came as a gift in Hashemayim, she's worried about her schayel elam as you will see. Hizchel Masabalas, he told the whole story that it was an hour before Shabbos, had nothing to bring home, we need to eat. And I davened for it. Amr Kafnas Palalti, Ethan Elokim, Venite Limin Hashemayim. Amr Aloy, she said, Any time is klum, Acha Taimerli, Shetach Sirama to Shabbos. I'm not eating until you tell me that you're giving back the change. I don't want to have any more. I know we have the food; it's going to spoil. We'll eat this now, I suppose. Even Malava Malka, I want you to give it back right away. Amr Lama says, "Why? Hashem gave it to me. I daven for it. I didn't ask for an ace. I, um, I mean, ask for it, but I have no choice. So, uh, what's wrong?" Amr Again, you see the same thing. Talking about. She could have said one of two things. She could have said, well, we would have thought she'd say, is this, what, you're going to missing Schar and Shemayim? You want the fun of a Kosh Baruch you're missing Schar? She didn't say that. She pitted the Shalod aspect, tiny aspect of Shalod is you want to compare yourself to your friends. You want your friends to have more than you. This is a kin of Sefer and Tabach Chachma and a Ruchanistic sense, which is wonderful. This is Mutla Gamri and a tool, as I mentioned, to be used. But you see, she's using it even for the Tana Rav Shem the angle says, compare yourself to your friends and know what you're holding. Your table's going to be missing. 
Rav Shimon wasn't sure. So the head of Machlokes and Ashkafa between him and his wife. So what do you do? You go ask the Rebbe. Baruch Hashem, his Rebbe was Rabbi Danasi. Can't get a better Rebbe than that. Halach Rav Shimon v'Adiyah Ma'isel Rebbe. So he asked Rebbe, "What should I do?" My Rebbe says I should give it all back. I think I can keep it. Amalai. <coughs> Leich Amarlos, Rabbi Danasi told him to go home and tell his rabbitsin, and Shochanei Chaser Ani Amalena Mishali. How's that for an offer? Don't worry about a thing. If his Shochan is missing, I'm going to fill it in for my own. Rabbi Danasi had many, many, many thousands of golden Shochanes. As I could spare a leg or two, I'm going to fill it in. Okay. Now it's in the bag. Halach Varmalot. So she uh, wasn't ready yet to accept. She wants to discuss it directly. So I want to go see the Rebbe with you. I'd like to, uh, the, the measure doesn't criticize her for this. If she feels strongly about something, she has a right to be heard. She wants to discuss it. So she walks into his office and she has a kasha. Rabbi Yudanasi promised to give uh, from his shulchan. He says, are you even going to see us? Are you going to be able to give us? And it sounds like Rebbe was Moskim and he gave it back and they lived happily ever after with no money. But very happy. So the only problem is, if you look at the Gemara in Bab Basra, and I inhame it Aleph, the Gemara says that in Olam Haba, listen carefully, Everybody's going to get their chuppah and their makam and elam haba. Amrav chanina, even though they're all separate, Amrav chanina, kolecha vecha nichve michipasa shachaver. Everybody's going to get burnt from his friend's chuppah. Ayla laisa busha, ayla laisa klima. So, what does that mean? So, Pashapshad is that um, Rashbam says on this Gemara that everybody's going to be looking at the friends' chuppah and they're getting more schar and they couldn't learn more and they feel terrible, they couldn't learn more, they're going to die more, they're going to get more tzaka and they're going to get burnt. Masha says on that Gemara, listen carefully, this is such an important message. Masha says, Which means, even the undisputed Gadladar, Rabbi Danasi, who was greater than Roshim Mechalapta and his wife, but Roshim Mechalapta's Rebetzin pointed out that you can't possibly give us from your shulchan in this area. Why not? He promises he has plenty to spare and he's going to make good on his promise. So her insight was, and she was right, that everybody has their Nisyanis in life, everybody has their particular Avoida besides Tariq Mitzvah. And our Avoida is Avoida Hashem with the trials and tribulations of not having Parnosa. That, Rabbi Danasi, you don't have. Rabbi Danasi was the Gadladar and also the wealthiest man in the world. He said, you can outdo us in any area. This particular Nisayan, you would have outdone us had you had to, but you don't have this Nisayan. We have nothing to eat, and you have Tzanayin and Yashochan in all four seasons. Daiva Heiser. You can't give us that chelik in Olam And that's crucial. We go through the year after our Kabbalahs and we look at other people and they seem to have it so easy. And they seem to be shtaking and they seem to be giving and they seem to be davening and they seem to have nachas. They seem to be doing all the wonderful things that we'd like to do with our Kabbalahs and we're struggling. So where's the justice? 
The answer is, the justice is that our struggle is probably our particular Nisayan. And the schar we're going to get for struggling to put the same hour of learning in when the natural masmid finds it easy in a breeze is we're going to get a hundred times the schar as that, that natural masmid. Or the person with the gifted head zips through the Gemara Rashi Taisis and we get stuck in the second cash and Taisis and we're stuck there for three days. But we push and we concentrate and we struggle. That's our special chilek that even Rabbi Yudanasi can't touch. And we like to use the cop-out that, uh, yeah, I'd be better at this, I'd be learning more, I'd be davening more, I'd be giving more stuck, I'd be doing all these wonderful things if I had his asmada and his yichus and his talents and his money and all the other gifts, not realizing that dafka, our life was set up, that we don't have these advantages so we can get more far and struggle within these arenas. I use this to uh, answer up a famous medrash. I think I spoke out here four or five years ago. So if you remember it, um, I'll have nachas. Uh, it's a pick of the Rebbe that describes in a very moving way the tshuva of Rish Lakish. The Gemara tells us that Rish Lakish was once a machlekes yishonim, either a ganav, a gangster, or a gladiator. Let's go with the gangster shot. That's what this pick of the Rebbe goes with. And he became a bal tshuva. Rabbi Yochanan met him. Offered him his sister, went to the yeshiva, became a Talmud, then became a Talmud Chavar, then became from the Gedele Adar, and we know the entire Messira and the Yerushalmi certainly is to Rabbi Yechon and Vishlokish. gives us another insight which is not found in the Gemara, which uh, has a very fascinating message. Look what Tshuva can do to change a person, Shimon ben Lokish from Vishlokish. Shayahu Shnei Reel Geislin Vilchaimsen Kola Shayavar That a very lucrative business. They lived in a cave, they'd come down every night to stand by the crossroads. Any unfortunate soul who would walk by, they would hold them up and take your stuff and um, make it back after a long night to the hideout and split the booty. Very lucrative business. One day, Rish Lakish was sitting deep in thought in the middle of the night and he realized this is not a very nice panasa for a good Jewish boy. He left his two friends in the mountains. And he returned to Hashem with fasting, with tefillah, tshuva, and of course learning. And he learned and he gave stokka, and he never went back to his two friends. Despite our whole theme to the drasha today, you have to lean on your friends and be mashpi on them. If the friends are the type that uh, might pull you down, you stay away, you don't go back. That's what's apparent from here. It doesn't sound like he went back to them at all. When says Shuvasa, this Shuva was accepted and he became a Hilagamir. Major should stop here. Pekadar Beleza says one more line, which uh, on the surface sounds redundant. It's an interesting piece of information, but uh, it's not a history book, Pekadar Beleza. Everything has to have a message. Vyanim Shemes, the day Reshlokish died many decades later, Mesu Shnei Reyav Hashedim Baharim. How do you like that? The same exact day, could be 50 years later, Rish Lakish died, his two old pals, who probably hadn't seen in 50 years, died in the mountains. They kept on their lucrative career, robbing people and raging the countryside, and uh, they all died on the same exact day. And the Medrash contrasts 
where the neshamas went, as you can imagine. Nasna lebeish lakish chelak hachayim. Beish lakish neshama went to Elam Haba. Shnei Reya b'shol tachtiyas and his two friends went in the opposite direction. What is the purpose of letting us know that all three died on the same day? That's when we have a yotzer, we put out ayikichu. We should have all three neshamas in mind. What exactly is the uh, what's the, what's the deep message over here? So some suggest an answer which uh, strips us of our, our most famous answer and cop out to why we're not performing better. The answer is is that measures are showing us that they had. As good friends, they probably were very similar in many things. They got along very well. They ran a successful business. And they even had the same lifeline. They all died the same day. If one would ask somebody, why did Reish Lakish become an Amara and the other two remain gangsters? So the answer we would give is, oh, that's simple. Reish Lakish obviously was gifted. He had a, a tremendous IQ. He had Natiya toward rookies that just had to be brought out. And he was a better person. He worked on himself. And the other two probably came from horrible families and probably weren't too intelligent and didn't have what it takes. We always give that answer. That's a cop-out. Because when we give that answer to the Medjush, we're giving that answer to ourselves also. Look back to yeshiva days. Look back to your 12th grade class. First year best Medjush, third year best Medjush, second year Kailu. Take a snapshot of your class and you'll see some of the Bachum who are now married with children and grandchildren who are doing better. And you look at them, and they're learning more, and they're uh, doing more mitzvahs, and it looks like they have more Yerushamayim, and they're attending Minyan on a more regular basis on time, and actually saying the words, and thinking about them. And you look at them, so somebody would stop you and say, hey, remember Chaim from the class of 82? Hey, Mamish Taiki, look what he became. What's our answer? Our answer is, yeah, I remember him. Itaka had a good head then, a better head than me, got better grades on the, on the Bechinas. And his father used to learn with them all the time, and he came from a better home, and he had money, and he had talent, and he had yichas, and we have 55 terutzim, why everybody's doing better. <coughs> this medrash comes, it takes all the terutzim away. The reason why Reish Lakish became an Amara and they remained gangsters is not because he was more talented, not because he was smarter, not because he had better yichas, not that he was different than them. As a matter of fact, they were all the same. They were very close friends, sounds like from similar backgrounds, with a similar bad start in life. What made the difference between Reish Lakish and his two friends. The Medrash says, Reish Lakish thought about it and decided to leave and make a clean break. Which means that he wasn't necessarily more talented. He just pushed harder. He decided and he made a hachlata and he made a kabbalah. Anyam Kippur, Rosh Hashanah, Hanukkah, it doesn't make a difference. He made a Kabbalah and he stuck with it. And he reminded himself what the Kabbalahs were and he never went back. You don't have to be smarter. You don't have to be richer. You don't have to be more talented. You don't have to be a Rebbe Shainical. You just have to have some willpower. And that's what made Reish Lokish the Amir. And we don't like to hear that. We like to assume anybody does better than me it's because he has some advantage, some protection I don't know about. And that's not true. It's within everybody's reach. It doesn't make a difference how many blocks you cover. It doesn't make a difference how much stock you're giving. It's a question of percentages. Stock according to your income. Blot according to your ability. But the effort has to be there. And the effort can't be looking at the people who have extra talent. Looking at the people who are playing people, quote-unquote, pushing the yin, who are putting in the effort to succeeding more than anybody else. And as soon as you reach a certain 
plateau, you can't rest and you have to look forward. And I'll end with one interesting Raya Dover in Parshas told us. As you know, Yitzhak Avinu tried to big, dig many wells. The wells were not stung wells. They represented many deep in Yanam and Ruchnius. He kept digging them and they stopped them up and they were fighting and yelling and screaming. Finally, he dug one He finally succeeded. He dug a well, no dispute. Now he can accomplish what he's trying to accomplish. I don't know if the city today is the exact spot. It was named after that. Finally, we have Shalom, and we've made it. No, what do you do after you make it? You take off, we can go to Miami. What does Yisrael Avinu do? Very interesting. The very next Pusik. He's fighting and fighting and fighting. Finally, he has the bear. Whatever it represents, opening up a new Kirov center, a new yeshiva, a new Mokam Tvila, whatever the bear represented. He finally made it. So what do you do? I don't know, something about uh, what he accomplished there and what he did there and he stayed there for the next 30 years and he was my best terror. Very next Pesach. No, anybody know the next Pesach? Bayam Isham Be'er Shava. He leaves. So what happened? He's fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting. He finally dug a bear and nobody starts out, but then he leaves. Where's he going? The answer is, this is the aside. You want to know what growth is? Growth isn't fighting, getting somewhere and then taking a six-month vacation. Six minutes, six hours, couple of days, preferably in Israel, they have sunshine there. Doesn't have to be down south with his preachers. As soon as you realize you accomplished, you don't rest in your laurels. You don't say, okay, I fought, I fought, I did it. Okay, now I can kick off my shoes. The godless of the others are and we have to emulate this on our Madrega, is that as soon as you grow and you reach your goal, you immediately set out to look for a higher goal. And the very next Pasuk, Vayal Misham Be'ashava, and he goes, Tosh comes to him, and they start digging more wells. Life is very short. time to use the time well, but it's still short. And you can't look back at your accomplishments too long because you get smug. And you look at the people below you and say, look how much I've done, look how much I've given, look how much I'm learning. Yitzhak Avinu fought, succeeded, the very next move, he goes to dig another one to find a new venue, a new mokom for mitzvahs and maizintayvim. And as we said before, crucial to make sure your friends, your chaverim, your children, and your parents come along for the ride and your mashpi on them and show them the masika sachayim and the true simcha sachayim. Some sages says on the Pesach, he says that Yusuf is afraid that, that, that he's going to lose that in my blood. He says, now everything is great. Yes, yeah, so he's, he's got a... Good right. You got, you got to move it. You, you can't. You can't sit right, on. Right, on right. Can't sit on. Right. Right. Yeah, okay, so that depends on where, uh, let me just take my stuff, I don't want to get